And it's really the fulfillment of something that was prophesied 2,700 years prior to the story we're getting ready to be uh, to, to read from a prophet Isaiah and Micah and some other prophets of the day where they said, hey, there's going to come a time. I know things look dark right now. I know things look heavy and there's no hope, but the light of the world is coming and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. The government will rest upon his shoulders. And his government doesn't take breaks. His government doesn't get canceled. His government is not corrupt. In fact, his government, there is no end to the increase of his government. This is the hope and the light of the world that the prophet Isaiah spoke of 700 years prior. And in Luke chapter 2, we're going to see that that is fulfilled. I'm going to read it quickly. And I'm just going to ask you guys, just indulge me for the next 10, 12 minutes. Don't listen with your ears. Listen with your heart and listen with your spirit because so many times we run the risk of being too familiar with something that we miss the profound significance of it. We've heard this Christmas story before. Through repetition and redundancy, we've heard it over and over again. And I don't want us to miss the beauty that's contained in it because I'm here to tell you right now, Christmas is the greatest love story that's ever been told. The truth of Christmas, this is the greatest love story that has ever been told. And because it's the greatest love story that's ever been told, we should take hold of that truth and behold it. And so I'm going to read quickly through Luke chapter 2, just 11 verses. I know that might be more than we read the entire year at some places, but the Word of God, if that's all we do is release it out. We don't need any clever talking or, you know, uh, beautifully articulated sermons. If we would just release the Word of God, it will go forth amongst the people and do something. And so I'm going to read the second chapter of Luke. won't have time to really do deep expository preaching, any word studies really but it's not needed because when you catch the truth of who Jesus is and what was given 2,000 years ago for you, there's nothing else we could ever ask or hope for. Now in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census should be taken of the whole empire. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria and everyone went to his town to register. So Joseph also went up from Nazareth and Galilee to Judea, the city of David, called Bethlehem. Now Tara touched on this briefly in her declaration, but I, you know, the Bible is so alive. I want to tell all you little ones up here, listen, the Bible, when your parents is like, you need to read the Bible. It's so awesome. It is alive. It will transform you. It will speak to you. It will do something to your heart. Listen, it, Joseph and Mary have to go to this city called Bethlehem. And in old Hebrew, that city actually means the house of bread. Now, here's what's interesting. When Jesus begins to walk in his ministry 30 years later, he tells everyone that I am the bread of life. The Bible is so connected from Genesis to Revelation that it's amazing. It really is amazing. I want you guys to listen today because your spirits are receiving as we preach the word too. To go to the city of David called Bethlehem since he was from the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary who was pledged to him in marriage and was expecting a child. While they were there, there came time for a child to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son and she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and lied him in manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds residing in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Just then, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, and it's for all the world. For today in the city of David, a Savior is born, and he is Christ the Lord. 
the, the significance of that statement that the angelic hosts released into the Judean countryside that cold winter night can never be lost on us. It can never be too familiar to us that I bring you good news of great joy that a savior was born and it is for all mankind. It is for all who will receive. It is the greatest gift that love became flesh and tabernacled among us to purchase our freedom. This is the Christmas story. And my prayer is that we reconcile this truth in our hearts this Christmas Eve, that our eyes become more crystallized, that we begin to refocus our gaze off the cares of the world back to Yeshua, the one who overcame death, hell, and the grave, the one who purchased our freedom, the greatest gift that's ever been given to mankind. May we see him more clearly this Christmas Eve because what he shows us is the very definition of love, this unfailing, unconditional, sacrificial love. It's an everlasting love. It's the greatest love story that's ever been told. And this is a truth. Think about this. You're talking about love. One of the greatest examples is he, the Bible says, he who knew no sin became sin. I don't know if we gloss over that some, so, sometimes or maybe we just, uh, okay, that sounds interesting. Um, do, do we ever ponder? Can we ever imagine the pain that was associated with a holy God, a spotless lamb, taking on the unholiness and the sins of the world. I don't know if we ever think about the full weight of everything that he bore for us. An unholy people receiving a holy gift some 2,000 years ago. Rebellious people receiving an opportunity to be reconciled back to the Father. This is the Christmas story. This is the purpose that a loveless people received pure love. The love of God became flesh. And the beautiful story, the beautiful truth is that it was for all mankind. And it was true then and it's still true now that it is for anyone who call upon the name of the Lord. And what that means is not only for us who are in this room today, but for every one of the people that it will never step foot in this room. He came for them. For every one of our family members that we're still believing to make that Christmas dinner, to still be reconciled back, to have that riff sewn back together, he came for them too. It's the greatest love story. This is the story of Christmas and overcoming love. I can't imagine the King of Kings setting his sights so high, so lofty as to redeem all mankind. But that's what he did. For God so loved this wasn't just, oh, that looks interesting. Maybe I'll put up there. Maybe I'll put that up there. For God so loved, the greatest love story is Christmas. And you need to understand if you read the Hebrew and the Greek and you actually, in this one particular instance, do a word study on what the text says. It's not that so, for God so loved this spherical little rock that we live on. It actually says, for God so loved you and me who were in the world. It's the greatest love story ever told that he gave his only begotten son. And I love the part where it says that whosoever will believe in him shall have everlasting life. Listen to me. I just need to tell you quickly, whether you're in elementary school, whether you're in middle school, junior high, high school, college, or you're walking in the fullness of your adult life, the voices that are telling you how you receive love, how you give love, and how you measure if you are loved are determined by what you can offer someone or how you feel is a lie. Jesus is telling us 
what true love is. Love is not a social construct of your emotional flattery. It's not defined by Ivy League professors or the media or people in power or dare I say, even Taylor Swift. Y'all need to hear that. That's not love. Love can be found in one name only and that is the name of Jesus Christ who came for your freedom and mine. It's real, sacrificial, everlasting love. It goes on to say that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And then the next one said, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but to save it. A savior on a rescue mission some 2,000 years ago on that cold winter night was the purpose of him coming. It's amazing if you really read the love story of Jesus. The purposed plan of a good father to get his children back. It is the love story. It's the, it's the season of Christmas. It's the reason of Christmas. And you can follow this pure love story. It's through all, throughout all the scripture from Genesis to Revelation. You can actually go on this journey if you will allow your spirit to and follow this beautiful sacrificial love that came and occupied that manger and finished with an empty tomb. This is the journey of love. And only one person did that. It wasn't Muhammad. It wasn't Buddha. It wasn't New Age. It wasn't mysticism. His name is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And he is the one who purchased your freedom and mine. This is why we celebrate Christmas. Can you imagine the level of love? In fact, we can't. There's no words in the English language to articulate it that would compel a holy God, the Messiah, to lay down his life. In fact, the Bible says, Jesus is telling his, the people who are listening, let me tell you what the greatest measure of love is. And it goes on to say, there is no greater love than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. It says there's no greater measure of love. There's no greater illustration I can give you that he laid down his life. He sacrificed his life for his friends. Now what's interesting is Jesus didn't just come and have his beard pulled out and be punched in the face and thorns jammed into the side of his head for his friends. He did it for his enemies. He did it for all of us. This is the story of Christmas. A love so deep and so wide we can't even imagine. It should make you want to say Merry Christmas every day. Love is a holy gift to an unholy people. It's the good news of great joy. It's a son who was given. He came so that we could walk in freedom in the profound truth of who he is. Love is not love. Love is Jesus Christ of Nazareth who came to purchase your freedom and mine. For unto us a child is born. For unto us a son is given. And he should be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. In the seventh chapter of Isaiah, he said his name will be Emmanuel, God with us. This is the truth of you need to be reminded today that Jesus Christ would take on flesh and enter the rebel camp of humanity, humanity to purchase our freedom and reconcile us back to the Father. Understand when he came, he wasn't welcomed by, yes, yes, okay, we believe you. He came to a rebellious people in hopes that we would come to know him it was for love 
that he set his face to go to Jerusalem. You guys understand that, right? He came to fulfill the Father's plans. It was for love that he set his face to go to Jerusalem and he would not be deterred because he must endure the pain of the cross and the sins of the world so that we might live. It's the greatest gift we've ever been given. And my question is, have you seen that love? Do you know that love? Or have you bore witness to that love in your own life? It's for you and anyone who will receive it. I love that it says, whoever believe in him shall be saved. To me, this is one of the most humbling and equalizing verses in all of scripture because it doesn't just say for anyone who is in the synagogue praying at the moment, they shall be saved. This literally threw a wrench in the rabbinical laws that they had set at time that, that said you could only enter the kingdom of God if you did this. This says it doesn't matter your level of education. It doesn't matter how close you are to the palace. It doesn't matter how much you know of the Torah. This message of love and hope is for anyone who will call upon the name of the Lord. This is the message of Christmas. And may we never forget that proclamation that was released in the Judean countryside that night. It wasn't in the synagogue. It wasn't in the palace. It was to a, a group of lowly shepherds keeping watch over their flock by night to demonstrate that the kingdom of God is for anyone who will receive it. It's the greatest message. I, I, I want to remind us of a few things here as we close out and we're going to sing oh holy night because not that we need to just hold a candle and fulfill this you know this little bucket list that you went to a candlelight service because it was a holy night a divine night the greatest of nights where heaven invaded earth and set forth our deliverance plan and so we're going to sing from our spirit for that in a minute but i i think sometimes we miss the we we, we might gloss over a little bit that for unto us a child is born and yes he was a child but never forget, he was also the King of Kings. He was also the Lord of Lords. He is the everlasting one. The one seated high above every other name. Caesar Augustus, who issued that decree, is in the grave. Pilate, who washed his hands of any obligation associated with Jesus' crucifixion, is in the grave. The high priest of the Sanhedrin who architected Jesus' crucifixion is in the grave. The soldier that struck him in the face is in the grave. The disciple who kissed his cheek is in the grave. Those who gambled for his garments are in the grave. King Herod who trembled at the news that a king of the Jews was to be born is in the grave. All the great kings who have ever lived, they have their Wikipedia pages and they got their spot on the History Channel, but they're in the grave, but not Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He is seated high above every other name on the throne and the earth is his footstool and he rules forevermore. This is the gift we received 2,000 years ago. Will we receive it tonight? He's the bright and morning star. I just wonder, can you, can you see him as that? He is the resurrection and the life. He is the light of the world. Christmas is about the light on our houses or the presents we get. It's about the light of the world who came and gave himself for our freedom. It's the greatest love story ever told. I'm gonna invite you guys to stand and we're going to sing oh, oh Holy Night and some guys are going to come around and light light the uh, 
light the candles. But as they're, as they're doing this, I just want you to, to, to listen for a second because Jesus came and he had a conversation and he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever will believeth in him should not perish, will not perish, but have eternal life. The first person that he spoke this to, the first human ears that received this truth was a great teacher of the law, was a very established religious leader of his day. He's sitting across from Jesus face to face. And we read this truth, but he heard it from the mouth of the Messiah, eye to eye. And his name was Nicodemus. And he told him this, he said, God did not come into the world to condemn it, but to save it. The sad part about this is Nicodemus is hearing the truth of the greatest love we could ever receive from the mouth of the Messiah, but he did not receive it in his heart that moment. But my question is to you is, will you receive that truth in your heart today? Like right now. Like if you don't know the Lord, if you have not experienced this profound love that I can only scratch the surface talking about, it's your moment now. Like we'll pray for you right now. If you've drifted away and you just need, you know what, I need to come back, we'll pray for you right now. You don't need to wait another Christmas Eve, another Christmas morning. I promise you, a, a, a holy, profound revelation of a stony heart that is transformed by the love of God will take place when you call upon the name of the Lord. There is nothing else that can fulfill you. There is no other hope that can cure the hopeless. There is no other healing that can help the broken. It is the name of Jesus. It is the greatest love story. It was the greatest love offering that we could have ever received that began in that manger and was poured out on the cross. The undefeated king loves you so much that he decided to leave all of heaven cohabitate with us so that we could be back with him it was a holy night but that doesn't even do it justice it was the greatest night that our redemption plan was set forth in motion on that cold winter night may we just see him as we sing this song may we lock eyes with the king as we sing this oh holy night may it want to perfect in us a desire to just run into his arms. Oh, we love you, Lord.